You're tuning in to the Synergy for Good podcast, powered by the YMCA in Wichita Falls. Join us as we spotlight the incredible positive initiatives taking place right here in our community. From inspiring stories to impactful projects, we're here to keep you informed and inspired. So get ready to be inspired and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. All right, Vicki, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Tila. Appreciate it. Yes, of course. Can you tell people a little bit about who you are? Uh, yes. My name is Vicki Payne. I'm the Executive Director of Southern Grit Advocacy. It's a local nonprofit in Wichita Falls, and we want to cover the North Texas counties that are in the Region 9 Education Service Center area and the North Texas uh, Council of Governments area. We also recently applied for uh, to do business in Oklahoma, waiting to hear, so we will move uh, north a little bit and serve both areas uh, we're so excited about it um, our mission is to prevent disrupting in human trafficking through education and advocacy so we do that in many different ways and and all the uh, curriculum is age appropriate a lot of our resources are free they're on the national center for missing and exploited children's website they're free to everybody students parents teachers adults anybody can use them access them learn about what's going on what the issues are and there's safety tips there's um there's series into the cloud series for um, grade school mm -hmm. help them learn how to uh, be safe online and play play safe games they're not going to get hurt and just help reinforce that digital safety because it's a digital world. It really is, and it's grown tremendously. But tell us a little bit about like how you got started into this. What's your background? <laughs> uh, well, I've been in nonprofit uh, since 1993. I uh, was a co-founder for Inheritance Adoptions, and was there for 10 years. And we uh, actually fell in love with one of our kids that came into foster care. She was three, and um, it was the holidays, and all the other foster families were out of town for the holidays. My husband and I were foster parents for inheritance, generally babies, usually infants. Um, but this little three-year-old came into our care, and um, and I didn't realize the seriousness of it. Um, this uh, caseworker called me from another organization and said, this mom wants to talk to you about placing her three-year-old because you helped her before. And said, okay, but I can't meet with her till four because I'm involved in an adoptive placement today. So she said, okay, she'll wait in my office. This was like 9 a.m. She waited all day in oh, her wow. office with this little redhead three-year-old bouncing off the walls when I got there. And uh, anyway, I fell in love with her the first week, and we actually adopted, and I just I couldn't do all that. So couldn't juggle that, being a mom and um inheritance because you had to you know go out of town at the drop of a hat be at a hospital for 48 hours and it just wasn't practical so I passed that off and left and became a mom of a, a child after I already had kids over 18 and um, um, so then that's still going strong with uh, somebody else running it mm -hmm. and then um, uh, took some time off got my master's in public administration and uh, went to work at Wichita Falls Faith Mission. And while I was at Faith Mission, I went to a training by Traffic 911. They came here and did a training in town. And oh my goodness, it was about human trafficking. It yeah. turned me into a maniac mom. And it was so scary. And um, some of the things, the red flags were 
on social media because traffickers, pimps, predators were using free social media sites mm-hmm. to send messages to people. Uh, th- th- and I was managing our social media, and so those phrases I recognized. And so I immediately went to my office and changed the privileges so not everybody could post yeah. on our page. And then I started recognizing signs of it, red flags in town. Um, and then I started researching more about it, trying to find an organization that could add the issue of human trafficking to yeah. their existing organization in Wichita Falls. And, you know, the mission there, I talked to my boss, and he said, no, our focus is homelessness. We're going to stick with that. And so that wasn't a op- you know a possibility and I talked to some others that I thought it would fit well in and they you know they just were not interested Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I did some I quit my job at the mission and researched about two years tried to find a team to join to bring here yeah because I thought that'd be easier than forming another nonprofit. and for whatever reason they weren't models that I was interested in or the one that I was interested in they said, well, you can't do it because we're only, you have to be affiliated with a specific church and you don't have that church in your town. Well, that made a lot of sense. So <laughs> it, yeah. they've changed because they've gone after government funding and they can't do that. Mm-hmm. But whatever, God didn't want me to do that. So we started our own. And um, I think the hardest thing was getting the board together. Mm-hmm. Once we got the original board together, the charter members, Oh my goodness! Things just started clicking, and um, and it's pretty easy. I enjoy it. The prevention education for the elementary is so fun. It's personal safety education. Mm-hmm. You don't even talk about human trafficking with little kids. It's just, it's just fun. Yeah, it's just fun, <laughs> and you just see some safety. Can you talk a little bit about like human trafficking in our in our area specifically? Can you say like is is really bad here? It's really like not to scare people, but like. How, how much of an issue do we have in this area? I don't think anybody really knows because it's so hidden. Okay. Um, but we do have a heightened awareness of it because there is a high-profile case pending. keeps getting uh, continued in their local court system. So people have become aware of it. But I think what parents and teenagers need to understand that it's so hidden and that kids are being groomed for exploitation and abuse and it can happen so quickly and one of the biggest online crimes against teens is called sextortion and the National Center for Missing Exploited Children they have um, highly professional videos that are available online for free and this one they didn't actually produce but it is on their site for anybody to uh, access, and it's called Sextortion. There's three modules, and it's a true story of a teenager that was um, sextorted. So she met someone online. So the person is, if it's a teenager, if it's a female teenager, it's generally someone pretending, a male pretending to be close in her age. Mm -hmm. And, oh, guess what? He has all the same likes and interests she does. And uh, they have so many things in common because that predator becomes what that teenager wants and desires. Mm -hmm. They become that dream person. And they're not who they say they are, and their pictures are not who they say they are. 
um, and then they just start grooming them. So this, at age 14, this teenager thought she was in love with this guy who she never met. And he started manipulating her to uh, show partially nude images of herself and then full images. But, but the minute she did, he, it, it, the relationship changed, and he started extorting her for more images. And if you don't, he knew where she lived. He knew who her mom was. He knew who her siblings were. He knew what school she went to, what town she lived in. So one of the education um, goals is to uh, remind students, empower them to protect their personal information. What is your personal information? Well, what do you know? What would you say your personal information is, Taylor? Um, I would probably say like my address, maybe phone number. What else? Um, maybe where I work, family yeah. members. Yeah, and where your family members work, if yeah. you went to school, what school. Mm -hmm. And we are so quick, and I'm guilty of it too, to just yeah. say when someone asks me, yada, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The 14-year-old, she was ex sextorted for two years. Wow. And she was traumatized, and when she hit 16, she said this, enough's enough. And um, the videos are in three modules. They're real easy to watch and discuss with your kids. And the law enforcement, when they got the predator's laptop, there were other, there were other victims. Mm -hmm. And so they face-to-face -face talked to like nine victims, and she's the only one that would report. It takes someone standing up and having the courage to report before it stops because that person will just continue to find victims and... And extort them, and it's so it's so serious that um, teens don't know what to do about it. Definitely, because I bet as a teen, it is really scary to talk about something like that happening to you. Is that something that you guys kind of dive into? How to how to report those things? Yes, and and part of the education process is that you know what you're the victim, but teens are ashamed and mm -hmm. they think it's their fault, and so part of that is it's not your fault. You were manipulated. You're the victim. That part, that predator is the criminal. That predator, who's an adult, broke the law, and you, somebody's got to stand up and report it. So yeah, you can report it to the cyber tip line that's operated by the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. You can report it online, or you can make a phone call. Also, it needs to be reported to local law enforcement where the teen lives. Okay. And then, so one of the things you guys do with this education is you partner with organizations like us and pretty much any nonprofit or any organization that wants you to come out and y'all do training, correct? Absolutely, yes. So we can bring in curricula or we can coach your uh, leaders and adults who are working with youth on how to use different curricula. So the National Center for Missing Floyd Children, those are free resources for, you know, K through 12th grade. And everything's age appropriate. So you would learn which ones are for we actually have it separated, elementary, middle school, and high school. And so it's real easy to figure out what's what. Um, and then there's some licensed curricula that we like. One of them is the Empower Youth Program from I Empathize. And the reason we like that is because it empowers students with the knowledge to identify their own vulnerabilities and protect themselves from exploitation because they know what their weaknesses are what makes them vulnerable if they think about it, and then someone comes in and starts trying to exploit that, they would know, oh, wait, let, 
you know, let's put a stop on this, mm -hmm. learn how to protect themselves. And then um, the other one is the prevention project from Free Kind. And out of nine prevention curricula that our education committee reviewed our first year in 2020, this was the only one that showed the connection between pornography and trafficking. And, um, and then it also has an optional biblical addendum if a faith-based group wants to use it. And so we are, we're here to help. So we can send trainers in, we can coach you, educate you on how to use different curricula. We can help fund or fully fund the licensed curricula um, that, because that's our mission. So mm -hmm. uh, we wanna help however we can. Um, we actually, our board just approved to establish a scholarship and this scholarship is for victims of sexual, uh, sexual assault or survivors of human trafficking. That could include labor trafficking. For them to go to a camp or do some kind of education uh, that, they, that would help them, you mm -hmm. know, be therapeutic to them and they get to pick. Um, and so we just met and approved that. So we'd love to, you know, share that with people that have, can share that with someone that wants to apply for that scholarship. That's awesome. So y'all have un, pretty much unlimited resources <laughs> of uh, opportunities to spread this information in different ways you do in person or if they're in different spaces. And you said you're expanding beyond North Texas as yes. well. So it's just a... Hopefully, infinite, hopefully. Hopefully we'll get approved. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then is there any other like last uh, tips or things you want to leave us with just um, to help parents or anyone at home that may be interested in your program? Well, they can go to our website, southerngritadvocacy.org and find a lot of resources and, and find out how to reach us. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Tila. Mm -hmm. If you would like to volunteer with Southern Grit Advocacy, we have different options. Um, people can become a trainer. They can help make connections. They can help in the back, behind the scenes. And a lot of times when we're doing outreach events, we've got, we put these little um, treat bags together for the elementary kids with um, safety bookmarks, with the personal uh, safety tips in it and candy. And we need volunteers that can put those together because that, that takes a while. Um, and then making connections across North Texas, we need help with that, with youth serving organizations and schools so that we can um, help them with prevention education. Okay, so just kind of send them your way. Yeah, send them our way. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Synergy for Good podcast, powered by the YMCA of Wichita Falls. We hope that you enjoyed hearing about the remarkable initiatives and powerful projects happening right here in Texoma. Stay connected with us for future episodes where we'll continue to highlight the power of collaboration, community involvement, and the impact that we can have if we come together. Mm -hmm.